Welcome to Where Wine Takes You, a wine podcast that's all about keeping it real in wine country with the people, the stories, and the bottles that make this Paso wine scene the most dynamic, the most special, and the most one-of-a-kind in the game right now. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. Super excited to get right into today's episode. Today, I got two gals on the show that each, on their own, would be a show with more than enough talent, style, class, and personality to overflow with our cup. But to have both of these women here, very special. It's going to be a lot of fun. First, back on the pod, Riley Roddick of Hubba Wines. She's in Tin City. I think she may have the best spot in Tin City because she's got that big backyard, lots of room, a view of the hills, kind of tucked back there in the cul-de-sac. Just a great spot. She's really something, makes world-class wines that are fun to drink. Like Her wines are fun to drink. I love wines like that. She's also not afraid to take that Paso vibe and bend it to make it her own. She's making box wines cool here. I literally have a three liter of her Gigi Roussan in my fridge. Even took it down to the hotel last weekend when my niece got married in Camarillo. Took it to the hotel. I just took this box with me. It's like my security box. And it's always good. Fits in my fridge. It's three liters, which is four bottles of wine. Best part, it's great for the environment. Mother Earth approves. And you're drinking sound wine down to the last drop. This is the way to drink at home. And this ain't. Yo, Franzia box wine. I tell you that right now. This is world-class wine in a box she made with her friend Guillaume from close to Lynn and Binome for her brand called The Crossing, which we'll learn more about where she collabs with her friends. So lots to catch up on with Riley. Glad she's on the pod again. Joining Riley, I'm really excited to introduce you to Kimberly Walker of the Nomada Group. If you love the Central Coast at large, you might have heard names like Granada Hotel and Bistro in San Luis Obispo, the Sky View in Los Alamos, Hotel Inez, and more. Well, Kimberly has a new property in Paso open right now called The Farmhouse, and you can't miss this. Talking to her is so rad because her insight, her style, she just oozes class and a one-of-a-kind vibe you just want to be a part of. I love conversations with her, and I also love the way I feel when I'm staying at her properties. And I think I've stayed at all of them except for the one that she just opened, the farmhouse, which we are inking a date for as we speak. Now, hospitality, it's more than a catchphrase or a business type. It's an intangible that comes from within, I'm convinced. And when done right, it transforms you inside, providing the comfort, the openness of feeling like you're at home while always reminding you, never letting you forget of all the new and exciting things to experience around you during your stay. When done right, good hospitality will hook you and reel you in because it's from the heart, deep within your chest, your soul. That's what we're talking about today. Paso has got this in spades. And because of legends like Gary Eberly, he always told me, Robert Mondavi taught me, the wine business is the hospitality business. So let's drink some Hubba wines. Let's wrap with Riley and Kimberly, two women who know a thing or two about creating a vibe from hospitality. I show up to Tin City, arrive at Hubba Wines. I got Georgie with me. And if I'm right, I think we're coming into the conversation. Joel Peterson from Paso Wine showed up and we were talking about some of the rumored stories true and maybe less than true that have surfaced about Kimberly's properties. Let's go. So give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we pass on round till the job is camped out in the trees, it will simplify good company. Hi, 
I've never heard that. Joe DiMaggio got married? Farmhouse <gasps> in Paso? No, Joe DiMaggio <laughs> and Marilyn Monroe got married in San Francisco, and they drove the first night they got married to L.A., and they stopped in Paso Robles that night, and they stayed. you never heard this before? I have never heard it. I am owning it though. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh no, she's already she's already like on Amazon getting like Joe DiMaggio. No, tell me, black tell and me more because we had. Well, she probably just put this on for a second. Yeah. At the previous hotel that was on Spring Street, that used to be Farmhouse Motel. I think it was ours. Okay. I think it was <laughs> <But> yours. <laughs> I mean, really, this is the first time I've heard that. I also like. I mean, people just, I think, like carrying stories about stuff like the Beatles wrote a song at Skyview like that's a big one I have no I you know I never say it because I have no evidence that it happened so it's like you know I don't know if this is something that the locals made up while they were you know at the bar late night but like there's always weird stories like that with the properties like I, I will say one thing that actually did happen I thought that Granada was because it, it was next door to um, the vaudeville theater in town. And I pictured it as being this like place where everyone would go and have martinis after the performances. And I had really played it up. I had written this whole thing about it for the launch. And like three or four weeks before we opened, a historian came to the property and I was like sitting there doing rugs out in the front and she was writing a book on the brothels in California and she said that the Granada Hotel was like a very prominent brothel in San Luis Obispo. And I was just like, what about the martinis? (laughs) She's like, oh, no, 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 no. This was a very, very seedy spot. And so... We'll have to get into those stories because oh, sure. you okay, have ones know. with Skyview and I mean, yeah, a, a motel that used to be charged by the hour, wasn't it? Uh, no, that was Granada. Well, that, that was, was Granada the hour. Too. Charged by the hour. Well, I mean, found out Skyview. Yeah, no, Skyview, they definitely did by the hour. I know that. And that was recent history because we had people <laughs> wanting to rent rooms from us because they had previously done so like six months before or like a year before. When so. you need a hotel for just an hour, <laughs> right. what is going no, Yeah, there's nothing going on good there. No, I mean, that's there's the roadside. Some, yeah, you know? right. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. like part of the culture. Right, so yeah. you can't have thin skin <laughs> on that kind of stuff. I have a question. Yeah. Have, okay, the motel in San Luis Obispo off Monterey, like the first motel. Oh, oh yes. yes, Motel Inn. What's going on with that? Like where? So that Rob Rossi owns that, and uh, I don't know. Okay, I was like, <laughs> I like think, a- can you own that? I think yeah. he's going. <laughs> I think That's he's so going cool. to. I think he's going to turn it into something eventually. He just, you know, he has so much. I don't know how he gets to everything all at once. So I'm sure it's on the list. Cool. Right now, it's like just like a facade, right? That's like being propped up because it's yes, unstable. it's the original. That's the original sign. first motel. Yes, which is very Badass. cool. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the stories. You know, we're I'm like a major sucker for a story, yeah. and so like all that stuff, like. It's like catnip to like, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, ooh, let's develop that project because mm-hmm. it's got a great story. But I, you know, Rob Rossi is like, I mean, he just has so many cool pieces of, of yeah, the Central Coast. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. like in the Fremont and yeah. I mean, the list must be pages and pages of stuff that that may mean. I mean, like he is like an oral history, a walking oral history of San Luis and the Central Coast. I mean, how long has he been here? I feel like he's been here forever. I feel like he 
Um, you the know, old the, Disneyland the, train. Yeah, the, the few That's times cool. that I've had the pleasure and the honor of you know having dinner with him or uh, listening to him tell stories, it's just it's very cool. Yeah. Like he is, um, you know, he has just such a richness that makes you even love Central Coast even more. I yeah. want to meet him. I know, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, and that whole area out there, like Santa Margarita, I mean, I've spent a lot more time there with Pozo, and it's just an incredible part of the Central Coast that, you know, I hope more people get to spend time in it. Where did you grow up? I grew up in the Inland Empire in Ontario. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Ontario, Ranch Cucamonga, a little stint in Upland. And then I went to Cal Poly Pomona, uh, the other Cal Poly, for a year. and Not even a year. I don't think I made it that long. And then left, moved to, um, moved to London and, and then never went back to the Inland Empire. I was really kind You're of... You were over it. Over as some as some with the Inland Empire can get. Yeah, you know, I mean, like <laughs> when you think about this place, like Central Coast in comparison, like I grew up in a concrete jungle where like shopping malls were everywhere and you know, it was not a certainly not a bad place to grow up, but in comparison to this, I mean, I think that maybe if you grow up in the Central Coast, you really don't understand how special this place is. And so when I came here, I was like, why would you, why would you be anywhere else? And how do you actually live here? Like, what can you do yes. to survive? Because it's not easy. Financially. Yeah. It's no, tough. it's not easy. So, I mean, we are very, very blessed to be able to call this place home. And um, yeah, I feel very fortunate. So when did you kind of go, oh, I want to get into like hotels and and then like your style of hotels like I want to get into where I can take the story and the history of something that's old and maybe not as pretty as it Mm. once was and then bring it back to life again yeah I think that it certainly wasn't a light bulb moment I got into hospitality through Granada Bistro because I was broke and needed to, you know, get a job serving again, you know, in my late 20s. And, um, you know, I was thinking I was going to apply at Blue because I was starting Wine Wipes business and had no money and had little time. And uh, Patrick Arniak, who owned the Granada at the time, who owned that building, he was going to... Uh, demolish the building and build this like big three-story with underground parking and so he needed a tenant that was only going to be there for a short amount of time and it was kind of already set up for like a wine bar panini place kind of thing and so he um you know he gave i know here we go um How many times a day does that go by, Riley? Twice a day. Yeah, that's pretty. That's full of tourists. Look at that. (laughs) Wow, that is cool. So Patrick Arniak made it very easy for me to start a wine bar and little bistro, and I could work there at night. And then my girlfriends could work there who were also in the same situation, late 20s, all wanting to start jobs or all wanting to like start businesses, but needed income Mm -hmm. to survive. And we, you know, worked there every night and during the day I would work on wine wipes and 
I fell in love with hospitality then. Because I think that when you when you get into hospitality in your late 20s or your 30s, you're looking at it from a different angle than you are when you're, you know, hostessing at Claim Jumper, which was my first job at 15, wearing the uniform and going through that program. It's almost like you have to leave it and then come back to it to Mm -hmm. really feel like it's an intentional decision that you're making. And I fell in love with wine and service and hospitality. And started to fall in love with the design aspect of it and it wasn't until we had to buy the building and turn it back into a hotel Mm -hmm. that even the idea of being in the hotel business was something that I thought about I always loved going to hotels (laughs) because I love travel so much it's probably you know one of the things it's definitely one of the things I love most about life so it was natural in that way but I never thought about it before then so I yeah. didn't know you started Wine Wipes. Oh, I know, huh? <laughs> I was a big fan. You uh, were. So yeah, for someone listening, like, explain what Wine Wipes are. They don't know. So <laughs> Wine Wipes remove red wine stains from your teeth. And it is, uh, I, I created this product because I used to go, I moved up here. I was always a cocktail girl when I was living in LA. But I mean, you know, wine, Central Coast. And I used to go to Giuseppe's. Every Friday night with my girlfriends and we would have Joe's Syrah and my teeth would turn this like horrendous color (laughs) and it would be like the teeth and the lips and I, you know, started looking around and seeing that everybody else was doing that too and I'm like, what this, we've got to solve this problem and there wasn't anything on the market and so I thought oh I'm gonna create something and I worked with mm-hmm. a dentist and a psalm and um, came up with wine wipes and a dentist yeah. because you want to do something that's gonna work and be effective and not damage your teeth and not damage your teeth a psalm you don't want to ruin wine later on yes yes those were the two key because you know anyone who is drinking red wine or any wine knows the worst thing you can do is brush your teeth in the middle of drinking it like you you know you ruin your whole palate you ruin the experience and I think that so much of what I learned actually after launching the product is that, you know, a lot of people just don't care. They just want their wine (laughs) and they don't care. I went up to the, um, what is that called? It's been so long. The... Zinfandel Festival Zap. in San Francisco yeah. Oh, yikes. with a backpack, <laughs> a backpack full of wine wipes, little single packs. Mike and I are there and, you know, I'm like handing them out to people because literally everyone there needs mm-hmm. wine wipes. And some people were just so completely offended <laughs> that I was offering like to take away their hideous looking purple teeth. Uh, they were just They're like, like I, I earned this. Yeah, yes, exactly. that's what it was. I earned this. Uh-huh. This is my badge of honor. Uh-huh. You know, they had the lanyards and the wine glasses hanging from their neck. I mean, they mm-hmm. were proud of their purple teeth. They're walking and around with their bag gathered, just eating off of it. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and that is great too, you know, yeah. uh, but it was an interesting, uh, it was an interesting run. Did yeah, it blow definitely. up and get huge? Did you sell it? Or what happened? I, well, so it, um, you know, we, I was in Target for a couple years in across the country and, um, you know, had a distribution and I think there comes a point when it's like, okay, which 
which business do you love more and which business do I want to spend my time on? And it really was the hospitality group. I am, you know, for that reason that I love travel. I Mm -hmm. love restaurants and being around people that I love and strangers and people watching and all of those things. And that is what we're creating with Nomada. And so I just needed to make a decision and I moved in that direction. So I still I still have the company. It is still live, but mostly we focus on in-room amenities like makeup remover wipes, face masks, and those sorts of things. Cool. Well, I'm glad that you focused on hospitality. <laughs> yeah, huh? I am so too. Let's give an idea. Can you name all of her oh my properties? <laughs> let's see how many you can name. Well, the new one, I don't know what it's called. Farmhouse River Lodge. Well, did you buy the one on Ramada too? Yes. Well, okay. um, the River Lodge. So that's, or wait, um, it's is on, it River Lodge. It's, it's on Ramada. Theater. It's on theater. The right other a, side, yeah, yeah. On, on the other side. Yeah. Okay, well. Okay, so we're neighbors now, kind of, because yeah. we're just across the freeway. Yeah. Come so you out. got Skyview and Los Alamos, which is a crazy story. Yes, Skyview and Los Alamos. And then, of course, the Granada. Yeah. Hotel yes. and Beach Road and Slow. My wine's there. Yeah. And then, yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, nice. There yeah. you go. They got good taste. And then you got Hotel Inez. Yes. Oh, which I is in there. San Inez. Oh. Did you really? Yeah, yeah it's cool. awesome. It's yeah. really cool. See? And then, um, of course, Skyview Farmhouse is new. Mm. Farmhouse is new. Paso. Just opened last month. We'll yeah. talk all about that. Glow and up, then, by the way. For sure. Yeah. And then the uh, River Lodge, which already has already made the news. <laughs> And uh, Coco the Bear. Coco the Bear. Did you Coco see that bear? bear that got, oh, yeah. That he was, was right there. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our first guest. Our first oh, guest. We bro- have a okay. photo. Adam and I, when we were, when we cited, was it last week? Or yeah, the week, week before? before, I think. We were talking about the bear and said that we have to have something on the property that is uh, honoring the bear. Yeah. And so we found these really cool uh, beer op- bottle openers that we're going to put in each of the rooms, and they're in the shape of a brown bear. That's Cute. so cool. That's crazy. Yeah. And nobody will know why. Maybe the, No, just us and yeah. not the people that are listening to this. <laughs> Where, where's Coco now? Oh, do we, do we know? I mean, I guess I, they tranquilized him, so I oh. think it's all good. They just, you know what they I mean? They tranquilized him, and then he fell out of I this tree. Yeah. And it was... Uh, it was uh, difficult to watch. Also, imagine yes. being the bear and just waking up oh in a God. random Yes. No, forest. it's very sad <laughs> for the bear. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because what happens is they they finally get to him where they can tranquilize him, but then he gets skittish and was like, I'm going to run up the tree again. Oh. And then it's like when he falls, he goes Mimi's again. Oh. And then he But they have this tarp, so I'm sure the tarp, she just boom, boom, and it was yeah. perfect. He bounced up like a cartoon and, and he was fine. He but. needs an Instagram page, Coco the Bear. <laughs> <laughs> and we need to have updates. Mm-hmm. I know. I would like to know where he is. Did you first see this because somebody <laughs> on the job site called you, or was it like your cameras? Yes, they texted me at seven in the morning, and it's Coco the brown bear, like walking through, going walking through the hallways, like he was looking <laughs> for the lobby for check-in, yeah. <laughs> and he was. So cute. He looked like my dog Shuggy. Shuggy's a German Shepherd. And he just had that same sort of like snout and sweet face. And then there's another photo of him kind of over by the tractor and some of the larger equipment. So he was obviously like probably looking for food or lost or something. But then he walked over to the shopping area. Yeah. It's a cute pic. 
It's a very I cute I love pick. it. So you've already had a guest there. Yeah, we had and our first guest. Now, obviously, you're coming to Paso. We're going to talk about the farmhouse and then what your plans are for the River Lodge. But let's just hit some of the um, the properties that we have and that I already love. Um, Skyview, Los Alamos, yeah. areas blowing up. This is this motel on the hill. And it's this really mid-century, modern, kind of little, you know, desert paradise. Yes, it is. You know, I love... Los Alamos. And so we used to, you know, living in slow, we were there almost every weekend, just going at the time it was Bell Street Farms. So we were going Mm -hmm. to see Jamie at Bell Street Farms or going, you know, to see Bob at Bob's or going to, you know, full of life flatbread or, you know, any of those places because they were all just within our reach, but it made you feel like you were out of town. Great spot. Mm -hmm. And but we never stopped at Skyview. I mean, it's funny to think about it now because we love hotels so much. We saw it, but never once was like, we should go up there and check it out. <laughs> like, it always felt like it was this creepy Hourly. motel on the hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And then a friend of ours in Slow called and said, hey, you know, you guys should have a go at this. It had been for sale for at least a year. And we went and looked at it and thought, oh my gosh, these bones are so awesome. And the views are unmatched. It's literally on top of a hill. It already has a pool area. It's got an area for a restaurant. It has vineyards. You know, it was... more? Can't say no. (laughs) It felt like, you know, we kept thinking, why didn't anyone else you know, pick this up. There must be something wrong with it. Yeah. But there, you know, it was just, it was just run down and it was just old and needed, um, you know, needed somebody to come in and give it the love that it deserved. So we were excited to do that. And it's just, it's been a really great community to be a part of because perfect timing for that area. Yeah. I mean, everyone there cares so much about their business and cares so much about hospitality and their guests that it's a very inspiring environment to do business in. Does it take off immediately or does something like that need to catch on a while or what? You know, it it did not take off immediately. I don't I don't know of anything that, you know, I always feel like these sort of overnight successes and this like take off immediately, like I don't even know that language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, everything comes with hard work and dedication and just sticking in and grinding every single day and offering you know a great product and if it's not great fixing it and just continuing to improve until you hit a good stride and that's what we find with every one of our properties and I actually like that because everyone's included in the journey and everyone is focusing on creating a great experience. What were some of the speed bumps in that one? Oh well we didn't the the first speed bump we had a uh, everything is always late and we had taken a buyout for a wedding for a, a model, high-profile guest. She wanted to get married in Los Alamos. And we took the, the booking, you know, maybe it was like four or five months before. And we were very stern that we were going to be ready. We were not. We were bloating in the furniture for the rooms and the restaurant the day they arrived. And we literally opened the weekend for her wedding and then we closed again for another like week or two to just, we limped through it. Yeah. So that was, that, that was, was that was the first like day it? of training the staff. Really? We had had like one <laughs> day of training the, the staff before. Can we say like, who it was? Uh, no, we cannot. But we cannot. she what was. What do we say and then we bleep it out? Uh, you can't just tell us like off the record. 
okay. So she mm-hmm. was like on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Okay. Everyone that was there were mm-hmm. like models and rock stars because she was marrying a rock star. So everybody there was oh like, gosh. you know, that you know, there were other names there as yeah. well. And they so they show up, our staff, most of them are from Los Alamos or this, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they have had one day of training and they could not blink. And all I kept telling them was don't take any photos. Don't stare at them. They were doing that. It was a fantastic party, by the way. They were doing uh, poses on the wall. We didn't have the glass on the wall at the time by the pool. They were doing like acrobatic poses, the models, with the sign, the motel sign in the background. Awesome. And the staff, the bartending staff were just staring like, oh my God. I mean, these women were stunning. Right. They literally, like, it was the second day and um, three of the women came up to me. They had taken the bikes, the Linus bikes that we have into town and they ride up the hill and they're like, you know, we have a, we have a request for you moving forward. Can you get larger bikes because our legs are so long because we're models and I was like we will get bikes for the models it was it was a very fun and frantic grand opening but you know that to me was we pulled it off we pulled it off but it was not something that I would ever want to do again because it was a miracle and people deserve better (laughs) you know like guests deserve um, a well-executed environment for their their special day of course and so there were you know hiccups like that we had we've had a fire at sky view you know it almost burnt down all of our back vineyards it was the neighbor was mowing his lawn during the drought at three o'clock in the afternoon and i mean one one thing that is you know i think a common thread through all hotel business is that it is a constant stream of wow I can't believe that just happened because (laughs) you're mixing, you know, people staying the night. It's a 24 hour a day business. Uh You know, we're in a wine fueled part of California. And, you know, when people are on vacation, they let loose. Uh, Coming from a tasting room perspective. Yeah, I can agree. I mean, (laughs) people, and they should, you know, I think that's our role as, Mm -hmm. um, as the 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 host the hotel the restaurant we're there to service to make sure our guests have the best time of their lives while also you know being respectful of other people's best times and also you know not causing any harm to themselves mm-hmm. and having a wonderful safe night's sleep i mean that's those are the promises that you make as a hotel to your guests and they pay you for that Mm-hmm. promise you know so it's a um you know it's something that we are very conscious of and we do not take lightly so a few years you kind of get to tinker out all the things with skyview you open up hotel Inez. i imagine the th- the stuff you learned from skyview was very applicable to opening up hotel Inez. also you're not that far from it so people in this area already know oh this is the folks from skyview and that's been up for what a couple years now Yes, a couple of years. We opened, we we worked on that hotel during COVID. So it had its own set of challenges uh-huh. working in that climate and that time period. Um, as with anything during that time period, it was 
learning everything. It was its own playbook. Like all the rules were thrown out the window because we were in this environment of like stores aren't open. Can you go to work today? Is it illegal to have someone working today? Like what's the program? You know, mm-hmm. listening to the to the TV and the radio to figure out what what we're pivoting to mm-hmm. on this day. And um, and then when we opened. Uh, people were so excited to get out that it was actually a really nice time to have a property that is set in the way that Hotel Inez is because it's all garden space, outdoor grounds. You can be feel very safe outside uh, in your own patio with the hammock and not have to be concerned about six feet of separation and some of those other things that hotels that you know, have elevators and a lot of inside hallways had to consider. Oh, yeah. And so, and plus it was this work from home mm-hmm. environment for that. Like, at least it was like 18 months after the shelter in place where people were working, but they weren't working at at home or in the office. They were taking, you know, advantage of that and going... Anywhere that had Wi-Fi. Going anywhere yeah. that had Wi-Fi. <laughs> and, uh, and so that was very cool because, there, you know, the challenging part is always the weekday business in uh, sort of a tourist destination. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was actually a really nice... Yeah, and you stayed there. To. Yeah, I went with my mom. We went wine tasting and I don't know. We just, it was like a little staycation. Yeah. Gorgeous. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's you a really great, great part taste. of town. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's what I've always said <laughs> yeah. to her about her. Like, she uh-huh. just oozes a style that mm-hmm. I think is so fun to be a part of. Have you ever met Lisa Jensen? You remind me of her. Lisa Jensen. She's Eric Jensen's wife, Eric from Booker. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she yeah. has great style. Oh, yeah. well, then thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. You should be friends. I love the wine. <laughs> right? Speaking of wines, this Chenin Blanc is so good. I it feel like I'm just like killing tasty. this bottle. Do it. That's for you, Adam. <sighs> Chenin Blanc, Shell Creek Vineyards. Shout out Daniel Sinton. And then you're still doing your box wine here. Yeah, we do. It's not the Hubba wines. It's the crossing wines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we have on tap. It's a collab wines with me and my friends. But yeah, people like it so much. What's the latest collab? What are we, we're still on the Roussan? Roussan. It's a new Roussan from Gigi. Cool. Um, Guillaume. Yeah, and then I actually have some rosé that's actually just mine that's really good. Uh, it wasn't ready when I bottled, so about like six months later, I was like, oh, we need rosé on Does top. Does that like word get out, like, especially to the people who are like, you know, either really like uber fans of Paso or just in the know, like, oh my gosh, Riley's doing this like collab with Guillaume. You hear beer guys do it all the time to great success. I, I wish I was better at marketing like that, but it's more industry yeah. folks who know about it, um, like... Darren Delmore, I've had his Pinot. Yeah, he's great. I've had Nicole Pope's wine up here. That's huge. And those people have a big following. You have your own big following. So it's like, I think fans of both will be like, oh, shoot, maybe that's together. I want to try that. Yeah, it's always rotating. So there's always something new. We usually just have a white rosé and a red. We can take it home. That's what's so cool. <laughs> have you, um, what did you call the farmhouse a little while ago? You said it was Glow Up. Glow Up, that's for glow sure. Glow Up. For yeah. sure, it certainly is a glow up. Now, when did you find this? And that was a pretty quick, I feel like, because I mean, that's open now. People can check yes. out the farmhouse. Yes, it is open. It's been open for um, three weeks. Three weeks. How's it going? It's going great. It is, it's amazing to be open because at the end of, a project at least the way that we do it we're a very small team and you know like I said we're always late <laughs> to the you know we're, I mean I actually thought we were going to open last summer 
Mm. And so it's been a long time coming. And to actually see it live and to go there in the morning and Mm -hmm. see guests in the lobby having breakfast and having a great time or if they're taking photos, if they're in the garden, it's just a really amazing feeling to know that people are enjoying the space because you don't know until they arrive Mm -hmm. whether it's going to resonate with them or not do you deal with those delays well or do they really like inside like maybe we never see it but you're like ah no i I wanted to be open last time (laughs) (laughs) no i would love to do that though i would love to do that but no i think you know the beauty of how we develop is that we have a small team and we all really enjoy each other and we rely on each other and we love working together and so even the hard times, you still feel like you're in the foxhole with the people that you want to be in there with. And so it's still great. It's know? not the biggest footprint either. So you really do a lot with this area because I look at some of the photography and like you have even places f- for people to get their feet wet and then you, you've infused water. I know mm-hmm. you love water and the fire pit and this and that. So you're really using this area mm-hmm. to it, its best. Yeah. I mean, it should be, you know, we try to create inspiring experiences for guests you know we are always thinking of how a guest would want to enjoy the space what are they thinking about we're not interested in being the type of hotel where people come and they just come to stay the night and then take off Mm -hmm. and the fact that we have you know small amount of rooms at all of our properties really allows us to focus on the guest experience and cater it to this type of traveler that really wants to be very thoughtful and intentional about where they choose to stay when they're anywhere because they want the hotel to feel, to make them feel special or, you know, make them feel inspired. And so we, we spend a lot of time thinking about every single little detail because we just want to get it right. And we want people to feel like they can't wait to come back. You know, that's our biggest compliment is when we have a return guest. It shows. It definitely does. And you have all these, I don't know, in the hotel, San Inez, you have like all these local locally made products mm-hmm. uh, from like rad artisans. My friend Naomi, her jewelry is oh there. Oh my gosh. She's and amazing, isn't yeah, she? She's, yeah. We have oh, done a couple of maker markets her. with her. Yeah. She's the best. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's just, it's very intentional and it shows. It, it's really cool. It's really important to me, especially through the you know last 12 years of doing this to get as close as I can to the maker as possible mm-hmm. because you just never really know where your stuff's coming from mm-hmm. anymore and and I think that that is part of our niche is that you know, if you're staying at a large hotel like a Marriott or a Hilton, and there is no disrespect to that that model at all because they're hugely successful and a lot of people enjoy staying there. But it's just a completely different model, and mm-hmm. they're you know they're designing for 200 rooms. We're if we try to compete with that, we'll lose. Mm-hmm. And so, one thing that that we got very passionate about through this process is really taking time to figure out where these products are coming from and try to, you know, if we're, if they're not in the area, then go to that place and find out how they're making the things that they're making 
because if we don't start paying attention to craftsmen and makers and you know upholsterers and all of these artisans that make this world beautiful mm-hmm. then it will go away mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah no, you make yeah. a good point I mean, and that's why all of your rooms like there's this little spot that's dedicated to you know there's the card and you can sh- it shows you know a guest hey here's the different things we got here's how you can support it and i love it i don't know how often i was always, always want to ask you how often are people getting stuff from those are they are they doing a little like quote shopping in there or do they just like almost like a mini bar like they just get drunk and eat it and then boom it's on the bill or like are you seeing a lot of people use those things we do yes we and we see it more and more and i think that that is that is getting more trust from the guests to know that the things that they source from us are um sourced intentionally and we love sharing the stories i mean i was just mike and i were just in oaxaca getting these little animalitos made for all of the beds at the properties. And there are these gorgeous little Mexican artisan animals that is a, I'm sorry, it wasn't Oaxaca, we were in Chiapas, that in Chiapas, it's part of their culture. And we met with this Martha Lopez, this beautiful woman who makes all of these animalitos and she's going to start making them for us for all of our properties. And we got to meet her family and get to know their story and it's just when you get to hear the stories and see the people that are spending their lives making these things and understand why they're so special to them mm-hmm. it is so exciting to be able to share that story with the guests and then we hope that the guest feels very excited about this you know animal that they brought home to their house because they now have a story to share and i think there's a really valuable currency in that kind of thing that sort of like gift shop you know it's mm-hmm. we're just trying to give guests something that they can take home with and and feel that they can appreciate more i guess even the wine lists all that i've been to at like skyview are so curated to maker and not like huge corporations and um me being really tiny i really appreciate that no um, we we appreciate you. It's very, oh yeah, it's <laughs> we appreciate you, and we appreciate the makers in this area, especially winemakers. Obviously, we're in the you know we're in wine Where are you country. at? What property are you in? I'm in Granada. Granada. Nice. But maybe later I'll be another one. Yeah, yeah. You will. Yeah. <laughs> you will. It's just we'll the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely with the Chenin Blanc. I will tell I you that much. Where, what are you learning? about Paso. Now that you have a hotel here that is open, we're going to talk about River Lodge in a second because people see that. They see this process happening. And what do you feel you've learned about Paso and that? One, the demographic of the neighbors, and then two, the people that are coming to visit. Well, I think first Paso, the spirit of Paso. From my perspective, it is definitely different than San Luis and San Inez Valley and that's a wonderful thing because each you know each city or county should have its own terroir right Mm -hmm. the the it's just like wine like to have that spirit and the the Paso spirit to me is freedom Mm -hmm. it's not restraint it's expression it's this sort of old west new west energy Mm -hmm. that i think when you're even in paso even just walking around you feel a little freer and you just feel like you can maybe talk a little louder or (laughs) laugh a little louder and not worry about people judging you Mm -hmm. and you can be a little funkier and 
that is addicting in a world mm-hmm. where everyone is constantly judging everything that you do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it just feels fun. It kind of makes you... Like, lets you be a maverick in a way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's like a what town of mavericks. When I first moved here, I felt exactly that same way. I'm from San Diego, and I, I moved here when I was 21. But yeah, I just felt so comfortable mm-hmm. <laughs> in my own skin and just being myself. I was like, oh, everybody accepts me. Yes. I don't know. I yeah. don't know if that's the case for everything. But I, it is funny that you do say, like, every region has their own terroir. Mm-hmm. And the people, people, I mean, that's a part of terroir is mm-hmm. the human aspect of that and so yeah. it's really interesting that you say that because yeah Paso is definitely different than Slow or San Inez or I don't know, Monterey County and that's what's so great mm-hmm. about travel yeah you know for like people that don't travel you know when this podcast is over you know make some plans mm-hmm. <laughs> like just yeah. get your passport in line and go hit somewhere. the road because <laughs> it's just so enriching to and it, and it just opens your mind to so many different things mm-hmm. it's I just love travel so much and I and it doesn't have to be far you know like you Mm-mm. could you know like we were just saying you could travel from yeah. San Inez to Paso mm-hmm. and have a completely different weekend <laughs> yeah you know? even here to Cayucas or- oh, yeah, yeah right, right. totally I mean it's mm-hmm. It's amazing. I just love California. What are some things, Riley, I was doing this for several years now. Uh, you've been here for, what, a couple years? Moved in in September of 2020. That was exciting. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. We've been making wine for a while. Mm-hmm. And what are you noticing about the kind of customers that are, you know, kind of flooding the area now? What are they into? Where are they staying? What do they like? What are you kind of seeing when, when you're kind of meeting these people? Well, we're located in Tin City, and so that's... It's very young, like kind of hip crowd, I would say. So, and then, you know, my bio is on the Tin City website, and I'm a young female winemaker. And so I get a lot of really cool people, I think, (laughs) in my opinion, uh, wanting to support women, wanting to, you know, taste a different, like kind of more outside of the box wine than your typical Paso big, like style that has been famous and made Paso famous for forever. Um, And I'm getting a lot more like adventurous like types I'd say uh it it depends it's like a half and half I'd say from like LA to San Francisco but everyone is so like with my white wine I don't filter or fine it and so sometimes if it gets super cold there's like tartrates at the bottom yeah I've just noticed because when this used to happen when I used to work at Laventure uh like 15 years ago with the rosé it's a common problem. Um, I mean, problem. Right. Uh, but uh, people would be like shocked at it. They would, you know, they would think it was glass. Yeah. They would you know, <laughs> want to return the bottle. But I'll like tell people like, oh, well, let me go get you another splash of it. And they're like, no, this is cool. I yeah. like it. It's it's natural. It's, I don't know. I feel like people's, especially with wine, because I talk about wine all day long. We get a lot of people who are really open-minded and really excited to try new things. When you say this, maybe it's a younger demographic or a newer demographic that is getting into wine drinking. Of course, millennials have been drinking wine for a while, but Gen Z and stuff, where the story is cool. Just the fact that you're doing something different is cool. So they're just like, yeah, I don't need to be sold on Syrah. Like, yeah, Shannon, go ahead. Yeah. Or like this one, go ahead. Yeah, even even the older generations too. I think it's um, maybe the internet. Yeah. <laughs> just like okay. more access to... Sure. Well, Instagram Uh and social media, all of these things, like people are intrigued by all sorts of wines and and I also have noticed a lot of people I'm really tiny I mean we make about two thousand cases a year, so micro in terms of wine production, but I'm seeing a lot of people interested in 
where their products that they're consuming or purchasing come from, like who they're buying from. They would rather purchase from somebody who, you know, that's their livelihood and their craft or their art rather than their tax write-off. Totally. Like (laughs) rather than just going to, you know, the grocery store Mm -hmm. and, you know. Yeah. Again, no disrespect to the grocery store, no, but like, a, you know, yeah, no. I'm in a place. And, but it, <laughs> yeah, is, right. it is so exciting mm-hmm. that the pendulum is heading in that direction because, so you know, again, to, you know, if we want to preserve artisan and maker and mm-hmm. all of these things, which we all say we do, we all appreciate it in when we're in a space that Mm -hmm. is created by someone's vision or when we're drinking a glass of wine that is made by, you know, a local winemaker, we all appreciate it. We just have to be intentional in the choices that we make. And so it's exciting to have those conversations with people because it means we're doing something right. And Tin City, like in an, in its own way, is doing something very different and very exciting. Yeah, it's really cool. Mike English, who created Tin City, ha- was very intentional in his you know, whole idea on uh, all these buildings having uh, drains and chillers. And so people who can't afford... You know, land in Paso, <laughs> which a state fruit is becoming, yeah. yeah harder and harder. Um, we can still make wine and make our own wine, and you know, put our own spin and artistry on it. And it's really cool. You can go and taste twenty-five different wineries. I think there's maybe more than that. I'm not sure. It's crazy because the Tin, uh, tin City Annex, you know, came up about a year or so ago, mm-hmm. and then I know it's not exactly Tin City, but the Ramada Row. So mm-hmm. I think that is a really good testament to what Mike English did with Tin City, mm-hmm. is that just this whole urban, industrial way of tasting, mm-hmm. it's not like the Funk Zone, it's not like the ghetto, but it's all its own. Mm-hmm. And it's done in a way that only Paso can do. And I think things like popping up like Ramada Row now and stuff are a great testament like to what the, all the great stuff Tin City started doing and is continuing to carry out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, yeah. it's super unique and I'm happy to be a part of it. Are they tapped out here? I mean, I'm sure it's probably really tough to get in here. I think there's a waiting list. Is it really? <laughs> I wow. think so. I would think so. Well, because yeah. you're seeing even some other brands like uh, Tin City Distillery, when something comes open, you see brands that are already here expanding. Yeah, as cool. long as they're doing different things, Mike's into it. Yeah. Because I think they're going to... They're going to do some more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, They've dipped a little bit when the last time I talked to them. They got cocktails now. Yeah, cocktails, coffee. I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Yeah. They said said it on here. Okay. And like food and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Which would be cool. Yeah, totally. Um, But yeah. What are you noticing about that that Tin City fan? I mean, a lot of people are coming... are they coming just for Hubba because they wanted they heard of Hubba and I found Hubba in Tin City? Or are some people like, hey, we're doing Tin City for the afternoon and well, I heard I need to come to Hubba? Yeah, it's about half and half, I'd huh. say. Um, we get a lot of people. We also have Leber's Pizza here Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays. And so a lot of people, especially just like the looky-loos or people walking around, they'll smell pizza and show up. That's why we have the crossing on tap. So people can just have a glass of wine. They don't have to do the whole tasting with Hubba. Um, because you've got a beautiful spot here. I mean, it's it's fantastic. huge. It's got its own like attitude, and you've got a lot uh, more room than a lot of people do because you've got a do. beautiful backyard. I, I just like look at a band and go like, okay, wonder what this band does with like how much do their albums sell, or how much does merch sell, or what are they their tickets? How many people go to their concerts? When you talk about like a wine brand like this. 
this, you have all this space. Obviously, you know, you're, you're making, like you said, around, only around 2,000 cases, so not a ton of wine, but you have an experience here that people can come take part in, whether it's live music on that mm-hmm. big, beautiful rustic stage or this big, beautiful backyard. I mean, the views are amazing. It's, yeah. it's like you're not in Tin City. <laughs> you're not in a tin building. Well, you know, I got really lucky. I think um, Mike English liked me. We're friends now. So yeah. uh, he got me this. He like saved me the spot and I didn't know what to do. At the time, I was making like 700 cases of wine and I was like, I don't know if I can and fill, you were, you fill were this out. working yeah. with Valia at yeah, Desperada. Yeah, Desperada. Um, she allowed me to make wine there for like four years and then a pandemic happened and yeah. this popped up and I was like, I can't say no to this spot. Right. But so I've just kind of pivoted as we all did yes. and um, we have live music every Friday night from like 6 to 8 were people um, like a little jealous that you got the spot probably no I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's such a cool I mean this backyard is, is it's sick. unbelievable yeah and you got all, all you need in there all the storage you need for how much wine you're making can you grow yeah. a little bit if you want to do yeah I actually I was doing some custom crush for our, our good friend mm. and uh so he's moving out this year and so now I have some more room for myself okay. so but it's it's been like a good transition and a good growth pace. I when, love this stage. I know, isn't it too? cool? It's the whole area is. Cool. So on Friday nights, Kimberly, she'll have people out here. They have a whole concert series, and then they're firing up the pizza. You've got this whole place full of people and dogs. It's going to be my new hangout. Yeah, I know. Traffic Records. Manuel well, Traffic Records, he like curates it all and kcbx also helps promote it so that's cool and it's like right across the street from river lodge yeah, yeah. are you yeah. gonna are you gonna rent bikes there yes perfect yeah. you know what we should do we should have electric bikes definitely because how i mean that ride it would it would take like what five minutes five, maybe yeah to get, at most maybe, yeah yeah no, the electric like, bike i love yeah. those electric bikes me too I had you in studio. We talked about box wine. Yes. And this was something that has caught on because we're taking really good wine. We're taking your collab. Your collabs with like, I mean, look, Guillaume from Close Selene and your your friends who are, you know, doing their own thing with their own fans. You're doing your own thing with your own fans. And it's kind of like a flash in the pan because it's not going to be around forever. Yeah, it's fun for us too. I mean, like we drink hub all day long. So every once in a while we get to try our friends' wines. It's a uh, it's refreshing. It's yeah. fun. And um, yeah, it's fun for people to be able to taste, especially the industry that come in pretty regularly with the pizza and the music. They like to try different things. And so it's nice to have a little offering of a smattering of other things without having to be like a, a wine bar. Yeah. And people, people are digging the box wine. They are. Fits in the fridge. Super space-saving, you know, it's great for the environment, let's say. <laughs> really? That's like the biggest selling point. Glass is heavy, and to ship glass all over the world, that gets pricey. So these boxes that we have, they're refillable. Do people wrap their heads around that? Does that sound like, what do you mean refillable? You know, we're, we're trying to get the word out there, bring your bag and box back, and we'll sanitize it, refill it. You get like five bucks off or ten bucks off your three liter. Box. And you literally sanitize the same bladder. Yeah. And then it goes perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, I, I think at that point I want my own bladder back. Well, yeah, you don't want somebody else's bladder. No, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> and you can tell, like, there's like a little tab on it. Oh, right. If you get a used bladder, you'll know. Yeah. But no, uh, <laughs> no, we just do it right then. And uh, we fill them from the keg. So it's just kind of, we fill it as we need it. Yeah, it's been working great. If you were to be able to pick where you get. Uh, Chug Acres mm. to do what you want. Where are we putting it? Where are we? Uh, York Mountain or West? Yeah, forty six off forty six West. York Mountain. 
would be I mean, that's or west. blowing up. Yeah, or, or West Paso. No, uh, just west of York Mountain. Or, or even west of York Mountain. Yeah. What's west? Don't of tell York anyone Mountain? though. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> what's west? Uh, there's a couple of vineyards out there. Are there? Yeah, most of the land out there is like huge, huge parcels. So if anyone wants to invest in Hubba Wines uh, having a vineyard, <laughs> uh, that is exactly where I'd like to look. Uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I've literally gotten DMs from people who are you know out of town but have you know resources and they mm-hmm. want to be involved here yeah and i mean i think that'd be really cool i uh, yeah that's i mean that's and what are dream. we planting in that area i think i would like to do i mean just the staple like syrah grenache i would like shard but then i would also like to try some really like different varieties um there's a bunch of cool things that i, I mean i haven't even heard of so i do i do some research and you know, maybe see if I get some suitcase clones. So not even some like just lesser known or used rones. We we want to go like outside the box and maybe try some. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, I'd have to do the research and like see the soil type and, you know, all the nerdy stuff um, and then make the decision. But yeah, just some fun, different things. When you're looking at a wine list at a restaurant, like what attracts you? What What makes you excited to go oh you know what like is there a certain grape that does or more so the the producer is it i think and i like to see producers that i'm like who is that or i I, i've heard of them they're family owned up wherever um kind of like what kimberly is doing like she has a lot of family owned and operated wine producers on her list and it's it's more interesting to me i think when it's from somebody and it's their idea it makes it more of it's more craft is there like a push to get some of these wines on a list? I mean, I know it feels must feel good. Yeah, so I, I'm not on a lot of wine lists or wine in wine shops um, just because I don't really make enough right now. We're mostly direct, but it feels so cool to have somebody ask for your wine um, and want it on their list or want it in their shop. And I like always Paso say, wine merchant. Yeah, I always yeah. say yes. I'm like, I have a couple of random places in LA who just like stop by the winery and then they were like, oh, we want your wine in our shop. I'm like, okay, sure. But um, eventually once I start bottling a little bit more, then I'll be able to go out and like hit the pavement and, you know, sell some wine to like some cool shops and um, Do you see yourself doing that in a couple of years? Like, okay, I'm yeah. going to go work a market. I'm going to go spend, you know, a couple of days in LA, maybe do a winemaker dinner. Maybe. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I would like to. I'd like to branch out a little bit. It'd be fun. And yeah. Get to go travel and ride it off, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and then how does that kind of match or merge with like your goals to, to grow? Because obviously you're, you're probably increasing production at least a little bit every year. Yeah, I, a lot, kind oh, of. Is it? Well, right now it is. Just we're getting up to a point. I think 2,000 cases is going to be cool, but um, I'd like to grow a little bit more and be able to distribute a little bit more just to... Um, yeah, just to grow and offset a little bit of the cost yeah. <laughs> of all the all the grapes. How often are we open here? We're open Thursday through Monday for tastings. For the Hubba tastings, we do 11 to 4. Um, if you just want a glass, come in and get a glass. You're always welcome to do that. Of the crossing wines, we also do the carafe, which is like a bottle. Yeah. So if there's more than one of you or more than two of you yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Uh, no, no, judgment. no judgment. We're not judgment. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. We, we actually do have a couple of people I'm sure you in. and I could come in like, yeah, murder on a bunch of bottles. We're also open four to seven for industry night on Thursday nights. Cool. Late we night. do cool. like 
cheaper and anyone's welcome to come we do cheaper wines by the glass and then we have lover's pizza he does like a ten dollar pizza and then friday we have the live music from six to eight so. this lover's pizza like you've given him like a little footprint over here he's becoming mighty popular yeah locally he, like his instagram's blowing up like people are talking about it it's good it's really good he makes his own dough he makes his own sausage he makes his own cheese he uses all like fresh local ingredients all the blah 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 but yeah. like it works. He kills it. Yeah, he started out. He was coming when we moved in in 2020 during harvest. He was doing a harvest at dinner because his family had just shut down their restaurant. His parents retired. He was the chef at Cat in the Custard Cup um, down in City Orange. Oh wow! Um, anyway, he was. It's fine dining. Came up here. I knew him because his folks used to come and him used to come up and like go wine tasting and buy wine to like stock their cellar down there. So he would come and just like see if we needed help with any pump overs or whatever. And then he would always like bring us treats and make things. And I was like, all of this stuff that you're making is so good. Why don't you sell something? And he's like, I like to make pizza. <laughs> so we're like, sell some pizza. So we, we used to call it dumpster pizza. He used to sell it by the dumpster right outside of Hubba. And we'd have to like physically walk pizzas by people so they would order it because they'd be like what's that guy doing by the dumpster right and now he's got his own trailer with a wood-fired oven and uh his own little section of dirt that he uh slings pies thursday friday saturday that's so cool it's really good yeah i've heard i mean i heard it's blown up so come out what's your favorite one what's the go-to i'm down for the shroomy it's got mushrooms and he has these pickled fresno chilies and some guanciale delicious oh, i love guanciale uh also the calabrese it's calabrese with like some honey and it's delicious that too. sounds good too yeah does he do like a straight pepperoni uh, yeah yeah he has pepperoni but that's usually like it's off menu so if you want pepperoni you can get pepperoni but it's usually not one of like the four or five. is it bad to ask if he has ranch oh he makes his own ranch stop it and it's the best ranch really? i've ever had in my life and i'm not exaggerating no, at no all hype. yeah it's so good and so fresh. Yeah, I, he like hides it from me because I steal too much of it. You had me and he makes his own ranch. Oh, yeah. It's delicious. Damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, everybody. Leber's Pizza. Yeah. That sounds pretty cool. If you're not even into wine, you just come for the pizza. Yeah. And then you'll get sold on the wine. Yeah. We so have cider, too. Get your hub of wine. Where do you got your cider from? Bristol Cider. Bristol Cider. Yeah. Cool. Good old Neil. The Collins boys yeah yeah so we we sell the cider too. that's so cool so you got cider here you got the hubba wine of course you got the crossing wine which is really hubba collabing with a, one of her friends mm-hmm. and what we've put together it's always changing it's always evolving so when you hear something that's like oh she's collabing with guillaume with a chardonnay Roussan, you go boom i'm I want in on this. Hell yeah. Yeah, cool. Good for you. <laughs> so if somebody's up the 101 and they see this old vintage uh, River Lodge, River Lodge, right? Yes. Sign. Yeah. And this hotel that is under, you know, immense construction right now. What are we to expect? Because you've got a big wall around it. It's like a, it's very secret. It is a big wall because we wanted our guests to not be reminded that they're next to a freeway and all the noises that come from that. And... Um, we wanted our guests to feel like they were inside of this compound. And so it was uh, quite a few meetings on how high the wall should be because we still wanted to see the gorgeous hills of Paso without seeing the freeway. And so uh, we were able to achieve that with our wall. And so while when you're inside 
the property, all you see are hills. You don't even see the freeway. You don't see the top of the big trucks. You can't really hear it because the wall is mm-hmm. acting as a sound barrier and it's allowing you to kind of still have that roadside motel without some of the things that probably would deter somebody from staying mm-hmm. roadside motel. Can you see what, like you just showed us pictures of the bear and like the, the job site. <laughs> can you see when it, it's fruition? Like, can you see it done yes. in your head when you're looking around? I can see it now. Like I was, I was telling you earlier, I was there today. We actually had a meeting inside the pool discussing with Mike English the uh, the you know finishing on the pool the tiles and I'm looking up at the restaurant and able to see the sign and I can see it and yeah. it's it's was this the first time you could a great feeling no no no, no. I've, you know it's been it's been the last few weeks yeah but this was the first time that I stood inside the pool and felt what that experience is going to be like for guests and it is definitely going to be such the heartbeat of the property and I feel like Paso is gonna love it because I mean this weather is begging for a pool scene. I was going to say, everyone needs that, a pool. Yeah, everyone needs a pool and some great food and cocktails and mm-hmm. wine. And like, you know, what a better a pool experience scene. Like than like going wine tasting, coming back, spending a few hours by the pool, and then coming and you know, coming to Hubba and seeing a show, at, yeah. you know, Friday just, night. I mean, just that, that feels like, and then going downtown Mm-hmm. And having that experience, I mean, what what an amazing weekend! Like, wouldn't everybody want that kind of a weekend? I mean, I sure would. Do Great you, location. Do you have your? Oh my gosh, the location Perfect. is so good. It's going to be mm-hmm. awesome. And do you have your hands in all of these things? I mean, obviously, you're you're meeting, them, talking pool, and probably tiles and things like that. But are you curating all of the things that I see in the room? Uh, is it like are these all Kimberly decisions? These well. We're a, it is a collaborative effort yeah. for sure. But Just tell me, yeah, they're all yes, Kimberly decisions. They are, no, <laughs> but yes, um, no, I, you know, I, Mike, uh, really oversees the architectural design. He has an incredible eye for. Um, the way the property should, you know, the way the walls should look and how laying out, like his whole, that wall was his vision and so much of those decisions are spearheaded by him and I am with him to support those and then I take the lead on all of the interiors and then when it comes to the guest experience on, you know, the, 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 food and the wine and the cocktails uh, and the mini bar items and all of those things. You know, I work with Eva and Dominique who, you know, Dominique is, she's just a, yeah. a master of Granada, craft cocktails. Elixirs. Yeah, and Eva has been, you know, Eva used to be the GM at, at Granada at one point. And so I feel like our team is so strong in that everybody is aligned in what we want to achieve and everyone brings their uh, expertise to the table and we create a space where people can shine and then hopefully the guest agrees with the decisions that we make and if we make a mistake then we fix it (laughs) (laughs) and then we we do something else I mean that's the thing it's like you know there was um there was an article that I read a long time ago Robert De Niro was talking about his um, hotel group and uh, it was Nobu and he was saying that uh, 
you know, they make a lot of mistakes in the beginning, like anyone does. The first iteration is usually, you know, not the greatest iteration of any project. And he goes, and we just really focus on identifying the things that we did wrong. And we forgive ourselves and we fix them and we move on. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love that philosophy of like, we're all in it together. If an idea is not a great idea, then let's recognize it and fix it and have a better idea. Part of it is teams. And I kind of want to ask both of you guys, because I was hearing somebody talk about this and I was pretty, it was fascinating. It was about like the idea of, yeah, being good at hiring and knowing when to hire is important, but really knowing how and when to fire is sometimes even more important for the the longevity of a brand and a mission and creating a team. And there's a lot of different reasons why it might be hard or inconvenient to let someone go, but to know when to make that disconnection with someone for the right reasons for the brand, it can be it can be really important. Unfortunately, but it can be really important. It is uh, important and difficult. Mm. You know that's. Um, and, and I think there's such a negative connotation to firing, to being fired, to having to fire. And it's, you know, a lot of times it's just not this big dramatic thing. It's like, hey, we're looking this way. You're looking this other way. And so we all need to look in the same direction mm-hmm. in order to perform at our level. And that's not to say we all have to de- agree on anything because mm-hmm. it's great to not agree on stuff. That's often how you get to uh, the best place, but you have to be like on the same journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you're not, and it's like, Hey, you're great, mm-hmm. but maybe not here. You're great somewhere mm-hmm. else. We're not the right fit for you. And that's not to say that, you're you know mm-hmm. you're you're bad at anything or but you know it's just it's not working were these so, yeah that's so that happens yeah were these some things that were hard for you because now you're a few years into your own company <laughs> and now not only i mean you knew you were good at making wine but now it's like we got this place and now i am also at boss to my name yeah uh you you hit that one right on the head yeah uh, yeah no i um i was like oh, i want my to make my own wine I know what kind of wine I want to make the style which vineyards I did that and then I was like oh I have to hire people I have to be a boss and um that was the hardest part of it I would say um but luckily for the most part it's worked out the way Kimberly described is like we both have recognized hey this isn't a good fit for either of us Mm -hmm. I've never had to be like you know, I, I'm going to let you go and then being like shocked or anything right. <laughs> or like not thinking that it wasn't also the right time to move on kind of thing. Yeah. But and that is hard. Yeah. Oh, and that's gosh. probably like, I mean, obviously there's some outliers where, you know, things do happen and you do have to let somebody go for, you know, more dramatic reasons. But mm-hmm. norm, you know, sometimes you could argue that like, well, maybe this bad thing wouldn't have happened if you just would have called it a little bit earlier. Right, right. Are chefs the hardest person to hire and fire? It all depends. Mm-hmm. Really? You know, it really, because there are great they're so chefs. Because in- they're so interesting and they're so unique. There's sometimes such pains in the asses. That's for the reasons that they're probably very good and genius. But, man, they can be very difficult to imagine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, uh, you know, the right people are not. Yeah. When they're in the right environment that they can excel yeah, in. Yeah, like, yeah. our environment is not the right environment for a lot of people to excel in. You know, we've we've found, you know, as an example, 
you know, we could have somebody coming from a very corporate culture that doesn't uh, excel in our more boutique model. Um, or we can have someone, you know, we've had people who are like so highly qualified, overqualified, you know, and they've been doing it their way, you know, run successful business. They've been doing all this stuff and then they come to us and they, they're not successful with us because we're telling them, here's our program. Now you have to do it this way and they don't want to. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so there's, you know, it's just finding the right fit. It's like anything in life. You Mm -hmm. find the right group of friends, you find the right life partner, like, it's just finding people that can be the best version of themselves because mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. is like the majority of your life, you know, it's who like, you work with. Yeah. Who, like, are you happy or not? You look Absolutely. to like who you're working with kind of, and it's really a learned skill to be a boss and to be a good boss is really hard. <laughs> and it's I'm a huge a responsibility because mm-hmm. these, because the people who work for you, you have made them a promise by hiring mm-hmm. them to take like to take care of them financially in the way that you said you would and to also make those days you know say they're working 40 hours a week they're giving you 40 hours of their life every week mm-hmm. it is your job as the employer to make those 40 hours feel like it's a good use of their time mm-hmm. so they can go home at night yeah. and say i am so glad that i did this today. I feel good about the work that I did today. And if mm-hmm. you can do that, then, you know, you'll have amazing people doing amazing things and that will, you know, translate to a, a fantastic guest experience. Mm-hmm. Were you a born leader? Like, were you, I mean, <laughs> like, 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 do you do I mean, seminars? Yeah, or, but I mean, like, uh, also, like, whenever you did sports talk in school and, <laughs> and, like, whenever no. your friends or, like, I mean, no. were you, were you, you know, so you kind of, like, would find people who you idolized that, that, that excelled in this and then learn from them. I am an only child. And so yeah. I did not play sports. <laughs> I did none of that stuff. I think um, uh, what I always go to, and this is, might sound, uh, odd but what I learn a lot from is the military Mm. Um, I think that there are so many parallels with the way that um, the military is run and the way that hospitality is that's so interesting that it and plus I am just obsessed with like anything to do with the SEALs or special forces or I've seen you know all of the military movies like hundreds of times I just I don't know why my my stepdad was a marine and so I think I kind of always grew up with this very um huge appreciation for our vets and Mm -hmm. our um and and just he always kind of was very stoic in the way that he raised me and I knew where I I knew always where I stood with him and I think the military um, does a great job of outlining how you can have success in your position and how they um, run teams because they're operating in a life or death situation. And so everything has to be clear and concise and simple 
and I don't know. I just I think from a customer <laughs> standpoint, like the, I mean, to have someone with these like tenants, I mean, that's when you go into a room and the bed is crisp and everything looks just so. And mm-hmm. you know, from your hospitality staff, housekeeping to the the GM or whoever checks you in, like no matter the property, it's always like thorough and you know, it's 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 pretty incredible. It's a lot, and it's you know, it's people. You know, like people, mm-hmm. the people that work for us. I mean, the housekeepers. If a housekeeper is not on that day, is not doing their job in the way that they need to, that has just could ruin a guest's stay. A mm-hmm. guest who just paid us, you know, their hard-earned money to have an inspiring experience and we just didn't do that because this person didn't do their job. And so like the housekeepers are so important mm-hmm. and everybody everybody in the hospitality world is is vital to the guest experience mm-hmm. and so making sure that your team understands how important they are is something that we're always thinking about and trying to do better because it is difficult especially as you grow we were just talking about it today like how do you continue to communicate with a team when they're farther from you than they were before because there's just more people and more properties and it's our job to make sure that we do that well Mm -hmm. because if not we're not being fair to the housekeeper who expects that from us or from you know the dishwasher or the server um and so it's a challenge Mm -hmm. always so so farmhousepaso.com yes farmhousepaso.com it's the website you are open for business as of just a few weeks ago we are open and excited Mm -hmm. to be a part of the paso market so please come check us out when does river lodge in paso open october you heard it here okay it is happening we are not going to be late well, we already are late because we were supposed to be open last fall. Oh. I can't so wait. I can't wait. To- it's happening October. I'm we need to a- sell. We should do Adam. So when we open, uh-huh. or maybe like we need to do a little bear thing, like okay. something yeah. nice for the bear. We'll do it. Like, let's, do a, let's just. I want to do a little staycation there and get in the yeah. pool. Yeah, well, you have to bear pool party. Yeah, for sure, something. Yeah, no bears in the pool. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. So check out it just to kind of run them down. Of course, Granada Hotel and Bistro in San Luis Obispo, beautiful nightcap right next door. Uh, next next door, right next yes, door. Yes, next door. And then uh, Skyview in Los Alamos obviously needs no help, but it's just such a fun property and area. Hotel Inez spent a birthday. There, totally enjoyed myself. Riley Roddick also chimes in and says she has stayed there too and enjoyed it. Gorgeous. Um, and then, do I haven't done the farmhouse yet? That's next for me. Yes, that is next. You, we you will stay at farmhouse. All need to come, and, and then stay. I will, I will cover it and talk about it. And then when River Lodge opens, I cannot wait. Oh, it's, it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. So uh, thank you. So, and you're going to have a restaurant there and a bar and a whole yes, thing. Yes, the whole. It's going to be a scene. Yes, I hope so. I can't wait scene. to go there after work. I know. Yeah. It's going to be rad. I want to thank both of you ladies for hanging out and uh, Kimberly, Riley. This was fantastic, by the way. Exactly. It was great meeting you. Oh, it was really nice to meet you as well. I want to come here on Friday. Come hang out. Yeah. Yeah, this was really fun. This place is incredible. Yeah. Thanks. It is awesome. 
Actually, the, the pizza guy's gone for two weeks, so... I don't need pizza. Okay, cool. Yeah. Then come on. Okay, <laughs> great. Good. It was funny, because the last time I had you in studio, I was introducing you to the Life Elements really good to people. Yes, I Kurt. Love, yeah, Kurt and Martha. You're so... I can't in, wait to meet them. I just love how so into local artisanship you are, and I've always been a real fan of your style and what you do with your property, so... Adam, thank you so much. That means a lot to me. Yeah. I really, really do appreciate it, and I love coming on the show and hanging out with you and seeing Audrey and I love your little guy. Georgie. What's her name? Georgie. Yeah. Oh my God. She is the cutest. Is she a terrier? It's a he, but he's fine. He, oh, sorry. <laughs> you misgendered him. Now he woke up. Sorry, no, no, Georgie. no, he's fine. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, no, he's Georgie. a, he's a little, he's a terrier <gasps> poodle. I, when I see photos of him on Instagram, I'm like, he's oh my gosh, and he is adorable. Perfect size, uh-huh. like great temperament. Look at his face. Some listener who has a company called Bella Bee's Barkery. And she made this handkerchief for him. It oh says, I'm Georgie and I'm up and at him in the morning. Oh, oh that's that cute. And it's like a whole, and that's the kind of thing that Central Coast and Paso yes. and this area does. Like, this is a lady whose company is like, you know, she just does these. She makes them handmade like and, you know, it's and so And that's cute. what's so special yeah. about this town. Like, we were talking about it with the bear. Like, yeah. Coco the bear. Like, how awesome is it that we live in a town where it was covered on the news because so many people cared about the bear it wasn't Mm -hmm. just like oh look there's a bear it was like what's going to happen to the bear Mm -hmm. let's all make sure this bear is okay yeah Mm -hmm. and i love being a part of a community that makes bandanas for dogs and cares about bears Mm -hmm. and yeah also has this gorgeous backyard well welcome to paso yeah farmhouse paso wonderfully done i love it i always love hanging out with you i love hanging out with you too adam always love our conversation i love your voice you're good on the morning show you're good here i just want to have you on like all the time so you're so awesome well come hang out more yeah i'll hang out with you anytime Heck yeah cheers thanks for sharing where wine takes you thank you for taking me where wine takes you <laughs> so happy to be here thank you Give me that mm-hmm sound, we'll get by, we pass on round till the job is camped out in the trees, it will simplify good company. So good, so much fun. Much thanks to Riley and to Kimberly. You want to check out hubbawines.com for the latest. Get in there, especially Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Get your Lebra's pizza on. Ever since you talked about that ranch dressing, I'm like, what? But it's pretty bad if you're coming for the ranch. That's that's kind of a problem. And Kimberly's properties. Check out farmhousepaso.com. Make your reservation. Check it out. Also, learn more at Nomada Hotel Group. Check out all the properties. You can see what we mean. This is style. This is class. This is hospitality. And thanks to Riley for giving us the lowdown on Leber's Pizza for our Travel Paso Spotlight. Can't wait to try his stuff. Thursday, Friday, Saturday at Hubba Wines. And for more before your next trip, make sure you visit TravelPaso.com. Well, Where Wine Takes You is executive produced by Joel Peterson and Paso Wine. Associate producer, Jen Bravo. And thanks to Jamie Guzman for fulfillment. You can learn more about Paso Wine. Visit PasoWine.com. The podcast is recorded, edited, and produced by yours truly. Follow me on Instagram at AdamOnTheAir. And you can also check out AdamMontiel.com. M-O-N-T-I-E-L at I literally made the website myself. I have no idea what I'm doing, but check it out. If, you do, if you're in the business of making websites, let me know what I did wrong, all right? Original music on Where Wine Takes You. Good company, performed by Moonshiner Collective. Find them wherever you stream your music and learn more. MoonshinerCollective.com Equipment transport and technical consideration provided by Fly With Wine. 
next time you are cruising the Central Coast, you can tune me in on your radio, my morning show. Heard weekday mornings up and at them in the morning, live 6 to 10 Monday through Friday on Wine Country Radio, The Crush 92.5, spelled with a K, crush925.com. You can stream online. We even got a free app in your smartphone. I cannot thank you enough for subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast when you have a moment, maybe sharing it with a friend. It means so much. It does so much. And I appreciate it so much. I am your host, Adam Montiel. Until next time, take that glass, lift it up to incredible journeys that unfold when we follow the path where wine takes us. Cheers to hospitality and its destinations we discover along the way with every stay, every bottle, allowing ourselves to be guided by the crazy, beautiful path of where wine takes you. And give me that sound, give we pass on down till the job is Cheesy, well, simplify, good comp. Give me that moonshine, get bowing, pass on down till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify, good comp. Give me that moonshine, get bowing, pass on down till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify, good company. Give me that moonshine, get bowing, pass on down till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify. Good company.